Gareth Jenkins lives near Wimborne in Dorset and runs his own carpet cleaning business. He and his wife Jodie, who is a children's nurse, have two children, Harley, who is five, and Freya, who is one. Freya was born in June 2019, has a condition called achondroplasia, which is the most common form of dwarfism. According to littlepeopleuk.org, there are over 200 types of dwarfism. 80% of people with dwarfism are born to average height parents, and there are around 7,000 people with the condition in the UK at the moment. In the last year, Gareth has become a keen fundraiser for littlepeopleuk.org and also raises awareness about dwarfism. We are honoured to have him join us for this bonus episode to coincide with Dwarfism Awareness Month. Gareth, welcome to Potty Training. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, Gareth, really good to have you on here, mate. Um, really excited to to talk about this with you because I know very little about this subject, um, so I'm really hoping to learn. So I'm going to start off, I'm going to kick us off uh with a very basic question probably for you but what is the right name for the condition because i hear little people i hear dwarfism and i know it's a big taboo subject so please educate me yeah i mean absolutely i mean to be honest i'm very similar yourself you know i didn't know much about the condition to begin with at all and i'm still learning about it a lot now but from what you know we have learned it's obviously her, her condition is a chondroplasia first and foremost um people that have got dwarfism little people is okay um some are, are okay with dwarf um some don't like that the big no-no is midget that's um possibly the worst thing you can say it's a very derogatory term um it derives from back in the day where basically people who had dwarfism were part of freak shows um, and that's where the, the term comes from. So, you know, anything but that really. And um, but mainly, most importantly, call people by their name. And that's that, that's what they're happy with, really. How how did you feel uh, when you found out as a as a as a family that your daughter was going to have this condition? And when did you find out? Uh, oh, it was it was hard that when we first found out it was my wife was 32 weeks pregnant and we went for a regular um, checkup with the midwife and she was measuring uh, Jodie's bump and it measured it was measuring a little bit on the larger side um, so the midwife asked for us to go back and have another scan um, in, and to be honest with you we it, there wasn't any real issue I mean my five-year-old son he's he's a big boy you know I just at that phase thought we're going to have another big kid here guys you know that's just really what we thought so then we went and had the scan um and that's when we found out and then I mean I still remember that first scan back because we had well, obviously quite a few but the the lady that did the scan she just her her phrase was oh your your baby's bones are measuring a little bit below average and you can tell she 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 wanted a second opinion so then we had to come back I think it was the following day or a couple of days time um, with more of a specialist who did it. And then she kind of confirmed it. And it was, I think the, the, the most difficult thing for us at the time um, on a personal level for me, I had just lost my job as well. So, you know, very tough mind space at the time anyway. Um, mm. But we very much felt alone in from our hospital. They, they didn't, they just kind of in a way said, yep, yeah, this is what we think the condition is. But 
never really kind of helped us through it or really like you know given us a, a, a realistic expectation of what could happen yeah and the, the 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 problem with that is you know as as much as google is great and the internet's great at times when you're in that very kind of like confused state some of the things that were popping up at the time were just very difficult to to process really yeah yeah no that's understandable do you know why Freya was born with this condition because when when I heard you say that it reminded me my I'm I'm one of five uh, brothers and sisters and my youngest brother Oliver um, he was born 1992 and my my parents were late 40s when they had him and I remember being a, a kid at school I was I was well I was 12 then and we we had a day off school because my mum who was pregnant was told we've got to go to Guy's Hospital in London and we went there and they said to my mum I remember it like it was yesterday that uh, we've done a few tests and it looks like um, your child um, may have some sort of disability so how was that for you as well was was um do you know why she was born with that condition and did you have a similar experience no it's um to be honest you know i i'm not a medical person at all um so i there's a lot of phrases and that that you know get chucked at me or got thrown at me that i didn't really absorb too well but all i do know that it's it it's caused from a mutation and it's in in this gene and it's called fgfr3 is the gene and it's really it's just one of those things that can happen um, I think I can't remember the statistic. I think you might even mentioned it at the beginning, but I think it's about eighty percent of people who have um, dwarfism have average type parents, and it doesn't run in our family. It was, you know, it's it's not one of those things that like past generations might have had that I, there was a, like a, a thought or a worry. It's mm. just something that can happen. It can happen to anybody out there, um, and that was that's it really. It's just one of those things. I think um, what was what surprised me about what you just said um, when you found out at 32 weeks is I remember at the 12 week scan they they sort of measure uh, they do some measurements there um, and I I think I assumed that we would find anything out sort of that mm. early but um, but clearly not with with this with this condition so is that did you just find out very late or can parents find out a bit early or what was that like? Yeah, it's quite interesting you raised that point, actually, because um, so we had the the 12 week scan and the 20 week scan. Um, and, you know, obviously, my daughter has a chondroplasia. It might be different for different forms of dwarfism. But for us and a chondroplasia, it was everything was as per normal or what you'd expect to be normal at the 12 and 20 week scan. Um, and it's actually, I think, from around the 22 week mark 24 week mark where uh the baby's bones just kind of grow a bit differently then so actually there's nobody that could have picked it up at the um 12 or 20 week scan so again it was it was there was no thought in our mind that there was anything you know untoward at that stage yeah um and I just because just for listening listeners, uh, we've known each other a few years. We met through a mutual friend. We played football together, and um, and and so I've I've got to see pictures on Facebook. And and honestly, I remember the first time I saw Freya, and she's just beautiful. Um, and I showed Lauren, and she just looks like such a happy yeah. little girl. So, you know, forgetting a chondroplasia aside, what what Freya? You've got this beautiful one year old. What is she like? Oh, she, honestly, she's so amazing. I mean, 
she's so, uh, as you said, she's so happy. She's like she's such a happy baby. Um, she sleeps brilliantly as well. Always has done. Like I've never known a baby to love sleep as much as what she does. Because um, <laughs> our five-year-old son, he did not sleep at all. So two very different experiences from that side of you. But yeah, she's she's determined as well. Obviously, you know, we're starting to see a few little things now that she's one that where her you can kind of tell that her arms are a bit shorter and she does things a bit differently like she she probably will obviously going to hit all the same milestones but at completely different times to and like like what harley did so so she's what 14 months now and you know she's she's doing most things that babies do at that stage she's crawling she's pulling herself up she loves standing and yeah she's 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 really great little baby you know she really really is you you mentioned how happy she is it's uh it's so beautiful to see i've seen a few pictures of her she's got such a gorgeous beaming attractive oh, yeah. smile i've ever seen uh and back in back in january uh freya attended her first class at toddler group and janine harvel who runs the group in salisbury <laughs> i believe is also uh freya and harley's aunt um yeah. is it right she said quote uh she was amazing and so happy on that day and how did that how did that make you both feel? Oh, yeah, fantastic. I mean, honestly, it's and because on that, obviously, yeah, Janine is uh, Freya's auntie, um, it's Jodie's sister. And obviously, you know, you kind of expect it anyway, but our, every single member of our family and, you know, their families have been so supportive throughout everything, you know, and, and really, which is the thing that I love the most about it all is already they, you know, they, they just see her as Freya and they just treat her like, you know, she was any other baby, like how they treated Harley. There's just no difference there. And it's just, it's really, it's a really nice feeling. So it's interesting you mention um, the hospital there because I remember when Lloyd talked about his birth episode, there was a few things that could have probably been improved upon and I think the NHS is wonderful. We've talked about it on on this show before and they're getting a lot of positive attention through coronavirus, but they're not perfect. So can you just elaborate on on perhaps, because people might find that surprising that the hospital wasn't great in certain circumstances. Can you elaborate on, on what that looked like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously I have to echo what you said. I absolutely love the NHS. So it's not a knock on that at all. But when we found out, so... I've seen obviously doing more research, I've found out that where the condition's so rare, it's the it's the equivalent of um a hospital having a baby born with dwarfism once every four years. And funny enough, Freya pretty much followed that timeline that um a, a girl was born in the same hospital about four and a half years before Freya. And I'm not expecting my local hospital to be experts in it. There's hospitals that are. But it very much felt like they hadn't read even one bit of paper or anything on the condition in that whole period of time. And it kind of feels like they probably won't going forward. And I remember one particular thing that, as I alluded to earlier, like Jodie, my wife, she read so many medical journals and we spoke to so many different people and through the Facebook groups. And everybody said, um, as close to being born, um, you know, request that Freya gets an MRI as I said to you earlier on about you know so they can look at her neck her spine and make sure that there's not too much of a narrowing and 
it, this was probably, we were in about three nights in after Freya was born. So, you know, Jodie was very sleep deprived at this point. And the lead consultant um, came into the room. We were having a discussion about different tests. And Jodie mentioned about having the MRI test. And his first response was, no, don't need it. Um, and she was like, you know, we would have got our backs up a little bit because, you know, he was so dismissive. And I remember him saying now, he said, oh, if we do one for Freya, then we would have to do one for everyone that might have some sort of condition. And Jodie was like, look, I've done the research. I know what I'm talking about. And it got heated. It got to the point where, you know, Jodie's upset. You know, she's she's crying. And the consultant is still just not listening. And I had to tell him to leave the room I said to him like get out just like my you're upsetting Jodie so much just like you know please leave which he did and um I mean luckily at the time when it all happened the nurse practitioner was in the room and obviously she was like kind of mortified about what what had happened and um that night she, she was due to go out with her husband and she cancelled her plans and she read up on everything to do with the chondroplasia. She read all like a lot of these studies that Jodie had read, and she kind of come in the next day and said, "Well, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right about X, Y, and Z." And then it was only say two weeks later, I think it was roughly two weeks after we left the hospital that where we got put in contact with the Evelina, and the Evelina um, hospital said to our local hospital, "Yeah, Freya needs an MRI, kind of like you know straight away." And it was just that you know. It was that in in that moment when I could see Jodie was so passionate and felt so right about what she was saying to get dismissed like that. It was so, and from a lead consultant as well, you know, it was really difficult to watch. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because we haven't got onto it yet. It's it's one for a future season, but um, Logan had a... Um, a condition over at Christmas and he had to have an operation um, it was called septic arthritis and um, I remember a very similar thing happened with Lauren um, she was knackered she'd been staying in the hospital because Logan was admitted and, and didn't leave the hospital for, for a, a few weeks actually and we were getting lots of different information and then we had this consultant and the problem is these people are put in front of you and you're you naturally want to trust them and you think they're going to be caring but the NHS is made up of thousands of people. And if you take thousands of people in any walk of life, some of them are going to be assholes. And, <laughs> and you know, that's just, it doesn't just becoming a doctor or a professor doesn't mean you're suddenly the lovely person. And, and no. we had a similar thing. He was really dismissive of Logan. He was like, look, he's fine. He wasn't a pediatric um, doctor. And Lauren was saying, please believe me, Logan is not okay. And he was going, he's no. fine. And and I, I sort of sat back and I saw the upset he caused. And, you know, one, don't mess with a mother. <laughs> don't yeah. mess with a mother. That was one of my learnings from that. But two, yeah. I, think, I think you have the right in that situation, just because you're in a hospital and just because it's the NHS, you have a right to push for a second opinion, to push mm. for someone else to look after your child. I really do believe that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, as I said, I think also... He, that particular consultant kind of got our backs up a little bit even before Freya was born so it didn't really start well because we had an appointment with him uh, to talk roughly talk about what would happen during the birth and stuff and I remember clearly saying like because they gave us I said no material nothing to read and 
I remember Jodie saying to him then, oh, you know, so what what can we expect to look out for? Like, is there anything we should do, shouldn't do? And he was like, no, it's fine. Just, just yeah, just same same as any other baby. Not, you know, but actually the babies can't, like Freya can't go in bounces. She can't go on, you know, she she has to has a, have a lie flat car seat at that stage. You know, in future, she's not going to be, really be able to go on bouncy castles. And it's just like, there was so much information there that he didn't know and it was just like well, hang on a minute we already know this like I, I just felt like maybe I was expecting a bit too much I don't know but I just felt like it was kind of basic stuff that maybe he should have known at the time you mentioned Jodie there um has being married to a children's nurse been beneficial to you as parents um for me me personally for like first off yes and like when we found out if just taking it back a bit that because of Jodie's job and her background and stuff she was very much on the medical side of things you know she I mean I lost track of how many medical journals she read up on like you know medical journals from Australia America UK you name it so but also when we when we've ever gone to any hospital appointments um actually when we do have hospital appointments Jodie doesn't always like to say that she's a nurse because as soon as she says that she's a nurse they they pretty much just talk to her more than talking to us as parents and kind of like you know dumb dumbing the language down a little bit so I we both understand but for me it's great because it's almost like I've got a bit of a translator because they just chuck all of these massive words out there sometimes and I've just got this glazed look and then I'll just have a catch up with her like after it and say, like, what did that word mean? What, you know, and she can just deliver it. And it it actually it puts it calms me down, like because it might be stressful what they're telling us. But when she can tell me in better, you know, a, a better understanding for me, it it's really like comforting in a way. And just touching on that, because I would imagine, well, going through uh, a birth where I mean, Lauren had a very very easy pregnancy but then there was a stressful bit with birth but there's still there's still a great deal of stress when everything's okay how were you and we talk about mental health a lot on this on this podcast it's one of the reasons we started it how was your mental health um you know when you found out through to the birth and and was there a support network out there for you um i mean obviously first and foremost her family like every single family member yet they were so supportive. Um, I mean, this just touching on what I spoke about earlier on, that we didn't have any support from the hospital at all. And through our kind of, you know, Googling, we found Little People UK charity. That's the first time I remember finding it. And, you know, I can't even remember now how it come about, but I think even sometimes simply I would just type in a chondroplasia in Instagram for example or something like that and if I saw another family that was in the UK that had a child with a chondroplasia I sent them a message and I tell you what every single person that messaged back was so supportive like the 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 love we got from people that we had never met before was just incredible and then obviously people early on put us in touch with LPUK and then that's when we found out about a load of um, Facebook groups. So they're like support groups, just they're closed support groups. So, you know, you can only be a member if 
you're um you know if your daughter or son or daughter's got a condition or if you've got the condition so it's a very closed group but you know some of the comments that we're getting back it was just, and it was just really nice to be able to talk to people that had gone through it before as well because mm. as i said you know it is rare you know i'm i'm there's there's a, there's hospitals out there that specialize in the condition so i'm not like saying oh a hospital should know everything but you know where they they couldn't sometimes answer the simplest questions but been to been able to ask those questions to other families that have gone through it it was that was really quite comforting so you refer to it as lpuk.org um and it's funny because that's the, the site i stumbled upon when i was doing my research for this and it's a great site can you just tell us a little bit about that charity you know where it started where it's going and what you're doing for it yeah absolutely so it was um it was set up by, um, I think it's only about 10, 10 years old or something. I think it's maybe about 2012. And it was it was co-founded by Warwick Davis, uh, the actor, and his wife, Samantha. Uh, his wife, Samantha, has a chondroplasia as well. Um, and it was uh, along with a few other people. And, and, and that is just what it was set up for, for people that have got dwarfism, families that have, you know, got got dwarfism in the family to just offer a you know friendship and support network to people that needed it and you know obviously we've only been it's been part of our lives for the last year and I can see how much it's grown they do well obviously they haven't been able to now due to covid but they they do regular meetups um it before all of the lockdown happened we actually went to Milton Keynes and they had um like this convention and they do that do it every year, and we got to meet meet a, lo- a lot of the families, a lot of the families that we'd been speaking to previously, and we're we're actually you know quite good friends with some of the people that we've met. So to have that charity and every member that we've spoken to, like from Warwick and his wife to uh, like and there's Rebecca, the admin girl, and the, just everyone, it's just they're so incredible, so incredible. It's um. It's great that this website is out there. There's so much information on it, so mm. insightful, and it's it's raising awareness again. And I know that lots of people don't realise that achondroplasia also comes alongside uh, quite a few health complications. Uh, can yeah. you give us an example of some of the battles Freya has encountered? Yeah, I mean, when so when we were, she was first born, we she had so we had to stay in hospital. I think it's for about four nights. Uh, she was a bit jaundiced and her oxygen levels weren't to the, you know, the, the requirement for letting us go home. And they put her through every single test going, you know, CT scan, X-ray, chest X-ray. Um, I mean, you name it, they pretty much put us through it or put her through it. Since then, we um, are now under the care of the Evelina Hospital in London and they are uh, they specialise in achondroplasia. We go up there every six months, uh, mainly just routine checkups, um, just making sure she's kind of in for their milestones is doing kind of what they'd expect her to be, just generally checking her over. Actually, funny enough, during lockdown, she had to go, Jodie had to take her up to the Avelina because she needed an MRI uh, scan on the back of her neck. Um, you know, I, I did, as I said to you before, I don't know all the, the medical terms, but basically with a chondroplasia, you can, you can get a narrowing, um, in the, like in the neck, the top of the neck. And it's, yeah. it's just something that you need to monitor. Um, so she had to go in for that. And luckily, you know, come back that, um, 
everything was they're, they're they're happy with all the results. And and Gareth, what's so? What is the quality of apart from Freya? There's going to be you know, struggles that any smallest person is going to experience. Yeah. Um, but, but but what's the quality of life um, sort of like for someone with a chondroplasia? And in terms of is is life expectancy the same? And I know that might sound like an awful question, but I I wanted to ask it because I think it's important. Yeah, no, I think yeah, it's a good question. I mean, actually, life expectancy is the same. Um, there's there there could be other complications. Um, for example, that uh, it, you can get bowing in the legs. So obviously, which then be, can be quite quite difficult to walk. Um, but I, I think it's almost like there's no just because somebody's got a chondroplasia, not everybody has the same the exact same potential you know outcome of it you know some people some might have both legs some might not so you know there's I think there's a um there's a lady that is quite um famous well famous since I found out in the last year but she her name's Sinead Burke and she does a does a lot in the she's got a chondroplasia herself and I remember her saying one of the biggest obstacles she has is that um the world isn't built for her you know, there's, there, it's the everyday thing that we might just so easily take for granted that is what Freya's probably going to um, struggle with or have to think about ways of doing things differently to overcome come something like, even something like switching a light on. You know, it's something that we just take for granted almost, but that is going to be something that Freya needs to, um, you know, consider in her, in her life. All the guests we have on here talk so openly and so eloquently about whatever subject they're discussing, and and we're so grateful to for you to come on and and be honest and open with us. And you know, I feel like my education has, has jumped even just in the last week um, since we've been preparing for this. And you sent me a video of a lady called Jen Kendall, mm. which I just uh, I thought she was so exceptional. Um, but it did upset me that watching this video, it caught me unawares and you you kind of said, if you don't have time to watch the full 11 minutes, just start from seven. And, and I thought, no, I'm going to watch the whole thing. And she's great. She's funny at the start and it's really lighthearted. And then suddenly she turns and she goes, hang on, my life's not been easy. And she shows a clip particularly. Do you want to just explain to people listening what, what Jen talks about in that video and, and how it made you feel as someone a lot closer to this condition than me? Yeah, I mean the clip that you're referring to. It's um, in the clip. It's a it's a, a guy that's got a chondroplasia, and he is basically being filmed by just two random people, two random strangers who are just laughing at him. Literally just laughing, videoing him, taking pictures, just because of his height, basically. And it funny enough when you talk about the video, I. I sent it to Jodie and she hasn't actually got around to watching it yet. And she said, you know, I kind of explained to her briefly what happened in it. And she was like, oh, I'm not too sure if she wants, if she's ready to, like, wants to watch it. Um, and it, it was tough, like, because you said it was, it was, she, she's incredible speaking. You know, she, she was quite funny, but it just really hits you. And for mm. me, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know. Obviously, I always think of Freya now when anything like this happens, but it kind of seeing how this lady who is still so upbeat, despite some of the troubles that she said that she's encountered, it it kind of spurs me on to want to do as much as I possibly can 
to change people's outlooks. And really, as what you just said, you've learned as like so much in this last week or so researching it. And look, that's what it comes down to. It's education. And I know I was the same. I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't even heard of the word achondroplasia before they mentioned it to us um, when we had this, uh, this like the scan um, before I was born. So, but the thing is, it's that mindset that I try not to get too angry with people if they genuinely don't know. Because if I was to just get angry with them, then they're not going to learn. So if I feel that there's somebody out there that is just, you know, a bit naive in what they're saying, I, I'm, you know, I want to help them. Um, but the, the thing, is, obviously, where Freya's won, and there has been a lockdown, we haven't personally experienced anything like that yet. So it's easy for me to say now that, you know, remain calm and just teach people. But that first time anybody says anything about Freya is probably going to be quite difficult to deal with you know I, I love the fact you turn that into a positive and, and and I was very inspired watching Jen's video and and also it got me really thinking because in the last few years we have seen hopefully a shift in the right direction so you know from personal experience you've got someone like Ellie Simmons who is just she's a national hero and it, it doesn't matter that she's got dwarfism she's a national hero because she's a fantastic swimmer and then from personal from even more personal experience peter dinklage in game of thrones he became a bit of a hero in our household and lauren went and met him at comic con and it was because he was she saw him as a great actor and a bit of a sex symbol it was <laughs> nothing to do and, and do you know what i mean though so i think yeah. people like Ellie Simmons and Peter Dinklage and and mm. Jen um, Kendall on YouTube, they're actually, you know, they're getting out there and they're saying, look, this, I might look a bit different, but it's not going to stop me from doing anything. And I think that's really important. Massively. And and actually, funny enough, I was only talking to my friend about Freya yesterday and we were both saying that, I mean, actually now to, to bring Freya up in what, 2019 when she was born, it's a much more accepting generation that the younger generation are a lot more accepting. I think, you know, it's the older generation that are actually probably a bit stuck in their ways, either don't want to learn, don't feel like they need to. They're, they're actually more the, the more difficult people to change their mindset. But I think you're right. I, even in, like if, if, if Ray was born when, you know, when I was born back in the eighties, I think that would have been such an incredibly different time to raise a child with a chondroplasia then than what it is now. Obviously, yeah. there, there's still going to be comments now. I'm not gonna, we're not going to be able to change the whole world, but I do think you're right. Like, there's a lot of, you know, a lot going on in the world right now about inclusion and making every, making sure everyone, you know, everyone on is on a level playing field, really, isn't it? And it's just, it's. I think it's, it's yeah, it's it's an encouraging time to to bring her up. In, yeah, really. yeah ironically you know even with us in a pandemic i think you've brought her into the world at the perfect time you've only got to look at black lives matter no one ever would have seen that come in this year um and because of the pandemic people are generally nicer on the street people are friendlier and kinder it's it's so it can only be a good thing and i, I know since freya was born you've said that your mission as a father is to raise as much awareness about dwarfism as you can um i think it's utterly courageous of you as a father and you really are a credit to your children i know you've already raised over two thousand pounds on your just giving page for taking part in five of seven marathons that you set out to complete um and so you've done for example the bournemouth marathon which you 
I'm sure you're proud of this. Five hours, 20 minutes and two seconds. That's a good record. Uh, the New Forest Half Marathon, Portsmouth Marathon, Farnborough Half Marathon, Vitality Big Half Marathon in London. And then we had a pandemic. So when are the yeah. next two, Gareth? When are the next two? Uh, well, I mean, it's meant to be the Brighton Marathon, which still technically is going ahead in September. Um, but, you know, I'm not convinced that that will go ahead. And then the one after that, well, if, if obviously if it doesn't go ahead, I can just defer to to do it next year. And then the one up, the final uh, run that I'm doing is um, it's, it's a Jurassic Coast challenge. It's an ultra marathon, 60 miles. Oh, and my that, God. Yeah, that will be May, May 2021. So. Mate, you're mental. You're mental. You, you can join him it. on that one, can't you, Jonathan? Well, I've done, it. I've done a marathon and that's yeah. hard enough. Um, and, I, I, you know, it's sort of, you've, you've done one now, but I just, uh, 60, I know someone that's done that Jurassic Coast and hats off to you. And, um, and we should say we're putting this out for Dwarfism Awareness Month, which is in October every year. And um, if people want to support you and add to the fundraising, they just need to go to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash G Jenkins, J-E-N-K-I-N-S 39. um, And then they can donate on there. They can also go to littlepeopleuk.org for for loads of great information or just Google Dwarfism Awareness Month. And there's loads of great resources there as well. What would you say, Gareth, to a dad who's just learned that his child has dwarfism? Uh, well, first off, you, you've got to you've got to be able to talk with your partner or family or somebody. You've got to be able to talk to somebody about how you're feeling. Um, I, I said I remember at the time there were a few, a few tears shed, main not because like we were upset with the necessarily the news. It was just the confusion and how we felt felt so alone but it's seek help and there honestly there is there's help out there we found help relatively easily through the internet for um Freya and the Contraplays and Little People UK and there will be help out there and and actually my um I it, it was I think it was probably the day or two after we found out and my friend's uh, daughter has Down syndrome and I um, she's roughly the same age as um, my son Hartley and I, f- I phoned him and I didn't know if it was something obviously that he would feel like he wanted to talk to me about um, but I just felt like I needed to reach out to somebody that had probably gone through a similar experience and actually for me at the time I mean I probably don't tell him enough just how helpful it was for me talking to him like because obviously I had so many different thoughts spiraling in my head and Jodie did as well and and actually at that stage we didn't even know 100% if how healthy Frey would be I mean we were kind of told that it was probably going to be a chondroplasia but we had to look out for x y and z potential health complications so we didn't we generally did not know the result of what was going to happen but to just talk to somebody else that had gone through some you know a similar sort of experience was just amazing for me so just for me I could just say like you know seek help there's there's people out there that will will want to talk to you and help and be be there to help you yeah that's that's really good and we'll um we'll make sure we share the details of 
of the website and the resources that you've you've shared with us um, on on our channels as well. But um, Gareth, look, this is a this is a podcast about dads. You've been amazing about achondroplasia, and I've certainly learned a lot. But there's one question we always ask every single dad that comes on here, regardless of the subject they're talking about, and it's simply this: What is your favourite thing about being a dad? Favourite thing. I mean, I don't, for me, it's, it's difficult to see one thing. I mean, actually, if I generally had to pick one, now that I've got two children, so it's probably different if you asked me when I just had Harley, but seeing the love that they have for each other at such a young age already, it, it fills me with so much pride. And it just, it just makes me happy when I see how happy they are with each other. That's a really nice answer. Thank you. That's great. That's great. There's one thing I just want to share with you um, regarding Dwarfism Awareness Month. There was a poem that did the rounds last October uh, during Dwarfism Awareness Month. And I know your wife shared this on her social media. I'd like to uh, end on this now because you, you read it. When I read it, you just think of... You think of Freya. Yeah. You think of everything you've said tonight. You've you've thought of. I think of everything the way you've described her and the pictures we've seen and everything she's been through, and especially with everything that's the world changing and we've spoken about. This is called When I Grow Up. When I grow up, I hope my cheeky smile lights up the room like it does now. When I grow up, I hope I have as many friends as I do now. When I grow up, I hope my personality brings cheer to everyone like it does now. When I grow up, but my height stands still. I hope the world accepts me like they do now. The next time you see a grown-up who is small like me, think of me now. Before you stare and laugh, think of me now. Before you take a picture, think of me now. Someday I will be that grown-up who hopes the world has also grown up to see beyond my height and accepts me like they do now. When I grow up, but my height may not reach the highest skies, I'll still be that cheeky little girl who brought joy into your eyes. Gareth Jenkins, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.